0: L.L. Bean has partnered with the National Park Foundation to help you find your happy place. And with more than 400 national parks, there's a good chance you'll find one close to home. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. This week, bison, prairie dogs, coyote, and sunsets at Theodore Roosevelt National Park. Plus, we get the heck out of Dodge. This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode 117 of RV Miles. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more.
0: This week, we come to you from Fargo, North Dakota. That's right, not Minot, North Dakota fargo north dakota if
1: you thought you were done with us yet north dakota think again
0: we are on our way out of this state we love you north dakota we've had a wonderful time for the most part but we gotta gotta go we're we gotta go we gotta uh, go we got to go we are getting cold up here and we're done
1: yeah ain't nobody got time for that and you know jason just three days ago underwent the procedure that was supposed to put his bone flap, my most favorite definition of this, back onto his head. Unfortunately, that did not happen.
0: So I had the surgery. Yes. Uh, but my brain was too swollen and they could not get the flap back on.
1: So, so they I opened had a, him up.
0: <laughs> I had pretty much an unnecessary <laughs> surgery and yeah. have another, you know, my head is is stitched Ugh. up and uh it's but tough we're gonna get the stitches removed elsewhere we're getting out of here we're heading towards family we're going to we're gonna be out of the rv for the rest of the year we're gonna spend uh november with my family and december with abby's family and then we're gonna hit the road again right after the beginning of of the new year
1: yeah now some of you might be going besqueeze me did you just say he had surgery three days ago yes. and y'all are in fargo yes motivation is quite the healer. And I think that Jason was incredibly motivated after he woke up and heard the unfortunate news because here's the thing, when you went into that surgery, it was never really a possibility that the bone flap was not going back No, on. this was like not that even was, something
0: we talked about. No, no, we
1: didn't talk about that. And I get a phone call about, oh, 45 minutes into the start of your surgery. And the nurse is like, Dr. Frempong would like to talk to you. And uh, I'm like, hey, how's it going in there? And then he proceeded to tell me that despite their very best efforts, it wasn't going to work. And I just knew that, I mean, I wasn't upset that it didn't work. You need more time. You need more time. I was devastated because I knew that when you woke up, you were not going to be very happy and you, you were not very happy on Wednesday.
0: That was supposed to be my last day wearing the helmet.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) I'm now going to have to wear a helmet for four to six months, maybe even Uh, more. We're
1: thinking probably until july actually and so we're looking at alternatives we've been given some wonderful suggestions as to how we can bedazzle your (laughs) let's just let's get the hot glue gun out and some jewels i'll spell your name in rhinestones on the back you know or we yeah i know look at you i see that
0: put that fragile sticker on it yeah i see that
1: well i want to do it in a whole like seasonal motif so we're going to do thanksgiving themed then we're going to move you into christmas like we'll put some. lights on it, a little tree topper.
0: I'm getting a new helmet that looks much (laughs) cooler than this one. I don't know what that's going to be, but I'm going to find
1: something. If I don't find
0: something, I'm going to make something.
1: Yes, there's already been suggested that people are surprised you haven't broken out your power tools. And i gone to town I've, on that thing. I so. am, I lay
0: in bed thinking about like, wait, like <laughs> I'm gonna, I am I want to get like one of those movie makeup kits where like you do, you know, you like pour the stuff over I your do, head honey. and make a mold of your head. And I, then <laughs> and, and then I'm going to make fashion, a plate that just covers the whole area.
1: You're just going to forge it in iron and so, steel. And it's going to be, you're going to be in there like <laughs> in,
0: <laughs> to be it's clear sense. for the people who want like all the details of this. Like I have, a hole in my skull that is about the size of uh, a plum. A plum, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is covered with skin, so they've they've sewed the skin up over it. Yeah, it has got
1: like this long S-shaped scar that kind of yeah. starts from the crown but, and goes all the way down.
0: But I've got this giant helmet that they want me to wear <laughs> that covers like you know to my temples and like uh, the hole is in the back of my head. It covers way more than it needs to cover.
1: It does, but I mean that's the point is to just keep your whole head protected but it's frustrating because part of the side effects of this nocardia and having that bacteria was that you do have some eyesight issues now where you just need reading glasses you have been comp- let me make this very clear he's been completely cleared to drive his doctors have cleared him to leave the state everybody wants him to go away from north dakota nobody wants him here anymore but he when he's reading and working at the computer he needs just a little bit of assistance he can't he can't do that with a helmet on i can't put the glasses on with (laughs) this i can't put sunglasses
0: on when i'm driving we need to
1: get you one of those jeeves like the little monocle is that what it is like the little little round one where you're like hmm. you put it like mr monopoly like how mr monopoly has one did
0: you know did you know Uh, probably mr monopoly does not have a monocle Everybody he thinks he has a monocle, yes, he does. but he doesn't. He's Look holding it up, it up to his that, eye when no, he's looking at me on the is, game board. This is like one of those things, that, you know, like where people think uh, Berenstain Bears, which is actually uh, Berenstain off, Bears. It's Berenstain. Don't no, say Berenstain. That's the point. That's what I'm saying. People argue that it changed at some point. No, that Berenstein. they swear it was always Berenstain and it changed to Berenstain. Well, this is one of those things. There's a name for it. It's the Mandela effect. Because it, it has to do with Nelson Mandela because- People swear that Nelson Mandela died and that they saw his funeral on TV. And of course that didn't happen. Look,
1: I don't know anything about that because that's cray cray. But what I do know is that Mr. Monopoly has a monocle and if he doesn't, he should have one. And that's a real, real awful tragedy for the game of Monopoly. Now, of course,
0: now, of course, Nelson Mandela has died now. Yes. It's just like how people think that Sinbad was in a movie called Shazam, Are where he played a genie.
1: Sinbad from a different world. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All Sin Never Sinbad. Happened. Look, Never all happened. all Sinbad has ever done with his life is be on a different world <laughs> and do stand-up comedy. That's it. That's all Sinbad has done. If he's done anything else, it's, it's not worth talking about. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we've got a great show. We get to talk about a national park today, which is one of our most favorite things to do. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to you all about Theodore Roosevelt National Park. And we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser.
1: Be right back.
0: RV Miles is sponsored by Versatube. If you're looking for a way to protect your RV before winter hits, Versatube has you covered. Literally. From RV covers to carports, to garages that you can build yourself, Versatube is like a grown-up erector set with steel. Versatube ships directly to your door, and it's the perfect protector for your Class A, B, C travel trailer or bus conversion. And since Versatube loves RV Miles listeners, they're offering 5% off any standard RV cover with coupon code RV Miles, all one word. Head over to versatube.com and save 5% off your entire purchase with the coupon code RV Miles. Keep your rig protected this winter with Versatube.
1: And RV Miles is also brought to you by our friends at RV Repair Club. Whether you're already on the road, planning your next trip, or thinking about installing a few upgrades, RV Repair Club has you covered with step-by-step guides designed to make navigating the RV lifestyle a breeze. Have a question about your wheel bearings? Well, there's a video for that. Or maybe you wanna talk a little bit about that pink stuff. Well, there's a video for that too. RV Repair Club's premium membership features thousands of professional how-to videos that will keep you informed and on the road. Unlock your premium membership today and head over to RVRepairClub.com and use code RVMILES at checkout to save 90% off your first year. A full year of premium membership is only $5 for RVMILES listeners. Visit RVRepairClub.com and enter coupon code RVMILES, all one word, to save 90% off your premium membership. That's $5 for an entire year. RVRepairClub.com, RV Miles, all one word.
0: I think a lot of people you know, want to go over to RV repair club when something is broken on their RV.
1: Don't wait.
0: And they want to figure out how to fix it.
1: Don't do Seriously, what we call the Abby and Jason. Go effect.
0: over there and start learning because <laughs> there's so much to learn. And you don't even have to, if you don't want to pay the if $5 is too much for you, They've got a lot of free content as well. You can head over there. Or just go over and, and vet them first before you decide yeah. if you
1: want to have the premium membership. Just go check it out first. I love when companies do that where they offer you a glimpse into what they have in the beginning so you can actually get to know the product. Road Trippers does this too. You get to know the product. Yeah. And then you see the real value in it and then you feel like making that financial and investment. And it's worthwhile
0: stuff. Like you're, you're, not, you're not stuck that you have to pay to yeah. get good content. So yeah. check them out. Uh, All right, it's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. A magazine competition invited people to come up with invented inventions of the cyber age. They had to turn everyday objects and give them a name that makes them sound like a cyber age invention. So, for instance, solar-powered clothes dryer. It's a rope. Clothesline. A handheld word processor. A pencil. Can you guess what this one is? It's a portable arcade, a handheld amusement resource with no cartridges or batteries. Access games of speed, dexterity, memory, cunning, produce magical effects, or construct lofty towers. Some games can increase your income.
1: I was so excited because I knew the answer to this. (laughs) And it is a deck of cards.
0: I, I think there might've been too many hints. That uh, you know what?
1: There. That was really, really, I mean, they might've have well have just said it's a deck of cards. I mean, once you got to the tower, it was pretty obvious. Now just real quick before we move on, what's your favorite card game?
0: Oh, um, I haven't played it in years and years, uh, but we used to play what love to play Tripoli.
1: I don't know that one.
0: Yeah. Rummy it's would like be my chips. favorite. It's kind of a rummy game.
1: I love yeah. rummy. I love that game your dad taught us over New Year's last year, yeah. but I can't remember because he taught us two games in one. And then now I'm always confused. It's euchre. Oh. You it's euchre. not 500? No. Or as we were calling it, 500 euchre. Uh, we were playing,
0: <laughs> we were learning euchre, but dad was giving us rules to 500 sparse in between there
1: a deck of cards holds a lot of semblance for me like just reminds me so much of my family of especially of my grandmother i mean when i was growing up my grandma betty it was such a big deal to go over to her house and the grown-ups would always play pinochle and that would be like my dad and my uncle and my aunt my mom and I remember my grandma when she felt that I was finally at a certain age. She wanted to sit down and teach me how to play Pinochle.
0: Yeah, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that game.
1: Oh, it's just the best game. I think if anyone has played it, then you know how wonderful it is. If you haven't learned how to play Pinochle, I absolutely highly recommend it. You will I, just, you'll love it. I mean,
0: it sounds like an old person game, but, oh, I, tot- but I gave it. And what's
1: wrong with that? I gave it a
0: chance and I enjoyed it. But there it's, is it's nothing- also like, what I don't like, I don't like games that you know, I learn how to play them. You lose. And then the next time I go to them like a month later, uh, I have such a hard time. I have to remember how to you play it again. I have to learn it all over. You
1: don't like Pinochle because you lose when you play <laughs> okay. it. But I do enjoy it. I enjoy sitting down with friends around a card table and playing a game of cards. And I just, I feel like that's such a off. I just like it. It's like fellowship. It's like a really nice time to just hang out with your friends and chat and play games.
0: All right. Our right. winner this week is Bill J. from Florida, who will receive a Not All Who Wonder or Lost t-shirt from the RV Miles Teespring store. You can go buy one there, or you can take your chance at winning one with the new brain teaser later on in the show.
1: And we'll have a link to the Teespring store if you in the show notes if you want to go over and check out, because we got a few new things in there as well, some national park stuff too.
0: Speaking of national parks, it's time to talk about the entire reason we went to North Dakota in the first place, the reason we wanted to go for so long. And we finally got there almost three months in the Theodore Roosevelt national park near Medora, North Dakota
1: definitely got in during a different season than we had anticipated <laughs> yes. being there. Uh, but I can't say that that's a bad thing or a good thing because any time you spend in a national park is the perfect time to be in a national park. So we, we, took an impromptu trip The Jason and the kids kind of surprised me last week, um, because that was the end of Jason's medication happened on October 23rd. And now I had, we had talked a little bit about going that weekend earlier in the week. And I had said, no, no, we should stay home and get a bunch of work done. You know, you've got your surgery coming up yeah someone else had other plans and decided that uh we needed a family trip and i'm really jason's really really good about sometimes pulling me back from you know i'm always looking a week or two weeks three weeks sometimes a year ahead of like okay we have this and this and this coming up and we need to get this and this and this done and sometimes what happens is i forget that i have a life that's like right in front of me because i'm living life that's 6 months ahead of me and so Jason's really good about only paying attention to what's happening in the moment and not ever thinking about like what he needs to do 15 minutes from now. So uh,
0: oh, that was such a pack-ended compliment.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. So he was living in the moment and uh, he and the kids came home with my favorite cake, which was a German chocolate cake or one of my favorites and a card. And they had all signed it. And in the corner, it said, pack your bags. We're headed to Theodore Roosevelt National Park. And we left the next day.
0: Now, it- I love, though, how it
1: was like, pack your bags. I wish it had said in parentheses and pack all of our bags, too. Well, that's what I spent the rest of the night doing was packing bags.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that went without saying, right? Go to work, so,
1: so we can all leave Well, tomorrow. I mean, here's the thing:
0: so it, uh, virtually every campground down there was shut down for the winter.
1: Yeah, at it's this October. Time of year. Um,
0: so the we whole did, city we did was basically in shut a hotel. Down. So we did leave the trailer in Minot, and we just drove the truck down. Uh, and it was about a three-hour drive for us to get there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I want to give you a little layout of the land of the park. It's two units that are sort of separated by some space. And then there's a, actually kind of a third unit, which is Theodore Roosevelt's Elkhorn ranch. We spent our entire time at the south unit and the south unit is the one that is the main one people visit that's accessible along I-94. The north unit is much more remote and the, the Elkhorn ranch area is, is pretty remote as well.
1: Yeah. And if you've ever been to Rocky Mountain National Park or Zion National Park, which are the two I can kind of reference, and I'm sure there are other national parks that have sort of this relationship with a town. Medora is very much what Estes Park and Springdale are to Rocky Mountain and Zion respectively. And the sense that the park itself is almost butted right up against the town and the town's business, the town's tourism is really connected yeah. to people coming to that. It's park. a gateway they're, community. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we were at this gateway community when the gate was essentially closed. Yeah. There well, was nothing going on. There
0: was, well, there was, and there wasn't. We'll get well, to that. Had,
1: yeah. I And I mean, and I kind of mean that in regards to Theodore Roosevelt national park too, because they're in ranger programs and anything that's built into the tourist season was over and done with in yeah, the park. Yeah,
0: I will say we probably saw, I don't know, ten people in the park total. It,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it was really quite enjoyable, yeah. and and
0: we, and we had so we we were in the park for two days, mm-hmm. um, a little bit on the third day actually. So, um, but the first day we had beautiful, beautiful weather, and were able to get a lot of hiking in and of. Uh, a lot of scenic driving in and and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So
1: if you come in and you decide to do the South unit, you are going to enter in from Medora and wham, bam, right. There's the visitor center. Yeah. You're going to pull right in. It's got a lovely little museum. There's a great park video that you can watch that gives you a introduction into Theodore Roosevelt's love for the land and the park itself. And then from there, you can kind of decide how you want to experience the South unit. The South unit is really about driving I think a little bit more than anything else well it's
0: laid out really well with a scenic drive loop that that takes you through the whole south unit and back to the entrance sometimes unfortunately right now and indefinitely essentially the last two miles of that loop road are closed and it's like a it's I think it's a 34 mile loop
1: right because we had said that it Actually, I think it's 36 because we were like, well, if we do the whole thing, it's going to become a 72 mile.
0: Right. So because those last two miles are closed, it essentially doubles in size because once you get to the end, you have to double back and drive all the way back. You're not just at the end.
1: It's still worth it. Like don't, because what's a little nice about this, especially if you aren't an individual who likes to do really big, long hikes is here in the South unit you have this opportunity that there's a lot of little pull-offs for very short little hikes. Think under one mile. Yeah. Okay. And they're just going to go to different areas of the park, little scenic overviews or, you know, just um, to the old East entrance trail. And so what we decided to do for Friday, because that was going to be our nice day. We had beautiful weather, 60 degree weather on Friday. Saturday was going to be miserable. It was going to, kind of be snowy. So we decided that for Friday we would try to hit as many of these smaller little trails as we possibly could as we made our way along this scenic drive.
0: Yeah. So we started by driving all the way to the end of the scenic drive. We did. And went from there down the east entrance trail which does take you back to the old original entrance to the park. You see the old little visitor entrance station there. But what's cool about this trail is it takes you right through a prairie dog town. Yes. And it is also highly trafficked by bison. We didn't see any bison actually that day.
1: No, we didn't all. see them at all until later.
0: Yeah. and uh, But we got to see a ton of prairie dogs. If you've never been on a prairie dog town trail, the national park service really lets you get up close to the prairie dogs.
1: Yeah. And the prairie dogs, they don't really want anything to do with you though. I mean, they're not interested in coming up to you or, or interacting with you. And you of course should not go and interact with their home at all. You should just stay on the trail, but they are so sweet to watch and, and, kind of have that like, this is into their community. I don't know how else to put it. It's like you do, you enter a prairie dog town, like you enter into their community and then you just quietly move through and move on on the trail.
0: From there, we backtracked to the Colvane Trail. And I'd say this is probably the best trail experience we had in the park. I would agree. This, the Colvane is, so uh, I can't remember what year it was that this started.
1: Fifty. Early 1950s, maybe 51 or 54. I can't exactly remember. Was that when it ended or when it started? No, that's when it began.
0: So there was an underground fire. There's a coal vein underground there and it lit on fire from lightning and it burned for years and years and years. I
1: think that it started in 1951 and it burned for 27 years and it ended in 1978.
0: And once it burnt out, that ground collapsed. So you can see all sorts of cool geology, and they do a really great job with the with the brochure and and they the different s- signpost markers, letting you in on the story.
1: Yeah, they do something that ticks off a big box for me is that they give you a
0: stuff to read. They give
1: you they give you a little handout that's just right there at the at uh, the beginning of the trail. And then you stop at each marker, marker one, and you read about that area and then you move on to two. And so I got to do what my family loves is every time we got to a new marker, I made everybody stop. I made everybody listen and I read what was on the brochure and then we moved on.
0: What's cool is that the the fire baked a lot of the clay into like this hard rock type substance. And then there's all sorts of this volcanic ash That blew from, you know, thousands of miles away. Yeah,
1: that was really.
0: It was just a really fun little trail. Easy to do. They, They do mention that there's stairs and that they call it a moderate, but the stairs were real gentle. As long as you're a person that can go up and down stairs, you can do it.
1: Yeah. And they have it very much laid out and make it very clear. And there's also some places as you're along the trail, if you've got little ones with you, you're going to want to kind of keep them close in a few places. Cause there are some areas where just right off the trail, you can step off, but it's a drop. It's a, and they'll say, there's a sign that'll say, caution, you know, a uh, steep drop. And it's like a little overlook. So if you've got little ones with you, you know, it, when you get to those areas, just kind of keep them close by, or they don't have to be little ones as i reminded mine several times (laughs) please read that sign uh so that was probably my favorite trail because i felt like it was the most challenging i i was really itching and it wasn't in the cards for this trip i was really really itching for something long i really wanted to get out into theodore roosevelt national park because this feels like a hiking park to me. This feels like a park that you can't really experience it until you get on one of its backcountry trails. That just wasn't there for us this time. Obviously Jason was still healing. This was the first time he'd really done anything this strenuous since his first surgery. Um, it was the first time for our, fa- our family kind of getting back into this lifestyle again. And so
0: and the landscape is lots of, small hills and small buttes and uh in the uh, river runs through there the little missouri river so there are lots of sort of flat trails that do go in through these um, amazing landscapes we talked about a lot up with the kids about it feeling because we just finished uh the lord of the rings to so finish the fellowship of the ring yeah we talked a lot about it feeling like being in middle earth a little bit, being near the Shire. and
1: There were a lot of positive and negative references too. <laughs> as the, as once well, we got into Saturday, there were some negative references, but you know, I, I just think I was itching to be away from the main road, even though there weren't a lot of people there. And, you know, that's just one of those things where we this isn't the last time we'll ever be there and it's just, you have to have patience and sometimes that's not, you know, how you can experience the park. And so for us this time, you know, we just kind of stuck to these more easier trails and stuck kind of close to the road and did stuff in the car. And that was perfectly fine. We finished out the day with probably while we loved Colvane trail for its scenery and kind of the little bit of a challenge it offered, I would have to say that the wind Canyon trail, which we did at sunset offered some really breathtaking and emotionally just stunning moments for us. This was
0: one of my top 10 experiences in a national park of all time, seeing the sunset on this, this wind Canyon trail. It's a short trail again,
1: but it climbs an Um, elevation up to a hill. It
0: does have a, a little bit of a climb and I could see, where on an on during normal times of the year, it would get very busy. I'm sure we saw more people here than anywhere else.
1: Yeah. And I'm really glad that we were in the park this time of year and not maybe during the season, which we were supposed to be, but this wind Canyon trail, what it does is it sort of is a bluff. That's overlooking the little Missouri river, this beautiful section of the little Missouri river. And it's looking out, you know, right as the sunset is going to go down over the park. And, you know, they have sort of these designated benches. They've clearly set this up to be the sunset spot. In fact, this is where the Rangers suggested we go to see the sunset Friday night. And it just pays off in ways you can't describe in a podcast. You can't, you can't capture it in a picture. It's just one of those things you have to experience.
0: That's kind of what I love about sunsets is that you can't take a picture and show it to somebody. you know, some, Very good photographers can, but they still don't, they still look different. They, you can take a beautiful sunset photo, but it still looks different than it might not look any worse or better, but it doesn't look the same. And, and and that's because I think the sunset is constantly moving.
1: Well, that's the thing. So that leads me into this thought that, you know, Jack always offers us these nuggets of insight when we go to parks, because he sees them through a kid's eyes, which I think is very different than how we see the park. And we're standing there in the sun. It's, it's going down, it's going down, it's going down, and it's hitting that last moment before it just dips down below the horizon. And he looks, and then he talks to me, and he looks, and the sun was gone. And he says something like, whoa, I've never seen anything like that before one second the sun's there the next second Because you don't gone. notice
0: the sun moving normally yeah. until that last moment of sunset when it disappears but it
1: was just like such yeah. a sense of wonder for him yeah and i thought to myself oh my gosh how many times in my life have i seen that i've never thought of it like when was the first time i noticed that that you look one second and then the next second something's gone you know like when yeah. was the first time and there was us in a national park experiencing something like that with our kids where they have an aha moment. And, and of course it's an aha moment. And then of course I think all the way back to Whataburger, which is the best Jack moment ever when he realized it was what a burger. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was just brilliant. That's Jack for you. And but, so, so if you, so good.
0: If you, if you haven't been to the Dakotas or Montana and you know, they, they call the, uh, in Wyoming, they call they call it big sky country for a reason the skies are huge and i don't i don't know the science behind that but it, it is a it is a calculable thing like you go out there and you see the sky looks enormous the clouds make these amazing formations and when they get hit by that sun at sunset and then the sun also hits all the different bluffs and then you've got the little missouri river down there and it's reflecting the sky while everything else is turning black. Uh, it was just amazing.
1: It's really spectacular. And I'll flip it back and say that the sunrises here in North Dakota have just been some of the most beautiful I've ever seen. Now, I know you guys have not enjoyed them as I have, but for three months, I have left we, every morning.
0: We've slept through them. Yeah,
1: so I was just trying to be nice. but. <laughs> Every morning I would leave and I would go get your medicine and I would come out and it would be dark and within a few minutes the whole sky in Minot would just turn this red and purple and pinks and oranges and it was just like the whole sky would be on fire and I I have to tell you I think that kind of thrilled me every morning it's sort of what got me out knowing that as I drive to get this medicine I'm going to have never ever let down the most spectacular sunsets so, or sunrises, excuse me. So just as magnificent as the sunsets have been here in North Dakota, it's absolutely worth it to get up for a sunrise because the sky is just as magnificent.
0: Uh, it's also great because sunrise and sunset, or I should say dawn and dusk, are when animals come out. So yeah, going on this sunset hike and then getting in, in the truck to leave the park that's when we really saw a that's lot of animals. That's when things got crazy. <laughs> like
1: that's when the party in the park happens.
0: We saw a ton of mule deer.
1: Tons of mule deer. We saw. Um,
0: we saw turkey.
1: Wild turkeys. I saw an owl fly just right over the truck. We saw pronghorn. We saw bison. And then we saw probably like the, the best experience animal wise that. I've had in a really long time, we caught a coyote. We caught two of them. We caught two of them, one going up into the hills off one side.
0: And one that didn't care about us at all and was sort of like leading us down the road as it was hunting along the edges of the road.
1: You see a dog sort of just trotting along like on the side of the road or down the sidewalk. And this is what that coyote was doing. And we were moving really slow because we could tell that it was hunting something. and I really wanted to see and we stayed far back and we gave it its space but i really wanted to see if we could see it make its move on the thing it was hunting and so we stopped and we kind of waited cause we saw it kind of like its ears perk and its body tense. And I'll be darned if that thing didn't pounce on whatever was in the grass on the side. And it does that thing where like it leaps into the air and it's and like- And
0: then it's almost like it's frozen in air for a second before- it,
1: it was so awesome. It did not catch its prey. It gave up and continued on down the road and it just trotted on down the side of the road For the longest time before it finally veered off to the left and then went out into up into the hill. And when it started to go up into the hill, it's amazing how much that coyote matches the landscape. We completely lost it once it got into the prairie grass. We couldn't see it.
0: The whole day was a really special national park experience.
1: I think it was the best park that we could have gone to given... That it was Theodore Roosevelt National Park and what Theodore Roosevelt came to that park to heal yeah. after such a tragedy and after so much loss. And he he came there for the solace and the beauty and how much he loved the land. And
0: If you don't know the whole story, we have an episode on the America's National Parks podcast on it. But what essentially happened was Theodore Roosevelt's wife died in childbirth and his mother died on the same day.
1: Right. And
0: And, uh, you know, of course he was heartbroken and and
1: he fled to North Dakota and he fled to his ranch and he sort of lost himself in this land until he could heal. And so, you know, I don't think it was by accident that this happened to be the park that we went to for our family for some healing and some time together. And, you know, being there, you could absolutely see why Theodore Roosevelt loved that land as much as he did. So that was beautiful on Friday. I could also by Saturday understand just how harsh and brutal. Yes.
0: So Saturday <laughs> that morning is. we woke up and we were going to do a serious hike, a 3-mile hike.
1: Yes, cuz I went up to the rangers at the visitor center and I said, "Can you recommend a hike that isn't just like a half a mile, like do you something?" And they suggested that we do the Petrified Forest Trail and it was 3 miles and they said, "You know, your kids can do 3 miles. It's kind of moderate. There's some stairs."
0: And it takes you to petrified wood in in the park, which is cool because one thing we noticed is there are a lot of similarities in this park way up in North Dakota with some of the parks that we love down in the Southwest as well.
1: Absolutely. We saw some cacti and then there's the petrified forest trail that we were going to go on. And, you know, even the environment itself, it's very, very dry. Yeah. So I knew it was going to be cold. Saturday morning we were going to go from the sixties and we were going to drop down into the thirties. So I set the whole family up that day with everyone's backpacks. I had super warm clothes for everybody, hats, gloves, the whole nine yards. Everybody had their boots on. And I was like, we're going to do this. This is going to be amazing. And
0: now this trail took a a decent drive to get to down some dirt and gravel roads too. It did. And it climbed
1: an elevation a little bit too.
0: Yeah we we had to sort of really get out of the way to get to the just the entrance to this trail.
1: Yeah, I remember saying to you that I wouldn't have been super crazy driving on this road had we been in the van.
0: No, especially if, with it being kind of muddy.
1: Yeah, I was very happy to be in the truck. So we get to this trail and this is where things this is where family life really starts <laughs> to just play itself out and so we get to this trail and nobody and I really mean nobody. Jason will say he wanted to do it, but he did not want to do it. I was the only one that wanted to do it. And I was, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I've got everyone. And by this time, well, it's a legit snowstorm. It's
0: snowing hard. And
1: the wind is probably it's between 20 and, 20 and 30 <laughs> miles per hour. And it's snowing. And it's cold. And it's cold. It
0: definitely not in the 30s. It was,
1: it, it was definitely below freezing, but I don't think it was in the 20s. And so we, we get out on the trail and we get going and I'm leading the way. And I think Ethan's tears are freezing. Uh, Jack is really grumpy, but everyone's trying to, to power through it because they all really know I want to do it. And this weekend was supposed to be for mom. And, you know, and um, we keep going, we keep going. And it becomes like that scene in fellowship of the ring where they're on um Kragnadoon, I think is the name of it, the mountain, you know, and it's like yeah. snowing, and um Boromir's like, you know we have to turn back, and you know Saruman's like sending this he's you, they can hear his voice out in the wind and this is essentially what is happening with the like the children or the hobbits. I am Gandalf trying to force these people up this mountain. Jason's Boromir's Mary's yelling at me. We're standing on this. We get to this like opening, and I will be totally honest. We all got into a fight. We're yelling at. I'm yelling at Jason. Jason's yelling at me. The kids are miserable. I want to keep going.
0: Well, I mean, here's what and my issue that at this point. I was, was being like, selfish. My issue at this point was the fact that it didn't matter where we were hiking to. Everything looked the same. It was just <laughs> snow in front of our face. I, there was nothing to see.
1: Yeah. And I looked at it as a great adventure. I thought this is a great adventure. We've never done a winter hike like this. What an experience. And my family didn't feel that way. And I had a really hard time reconciling my wants with Their wants, and in the end it had to be what they needed because it didn't make sense now does that mean that i made them all go ahead of me while i stood there for like two minutes and pouted yes and then i trudged behind all of them and i followed them
0: (laughs) if it was a clear day with no wind it would have been a whole different story but you know it. It was it was pretty cold and pretty miserable. And and honestly, for me, I hadn't done a serious hike in a long time. I know. Time. And
1: I look. I look back on it now, and I realize that we shouldn't have done it. I feel now. I look now. I feel regret. Like I do feel bad that I kind of drug all of you out there because I was putting my own self desires and my own self wants ahead of what was best for the family, because what I wanted, and I've, you know, as I said earlier was I just wanted to get away from the road and I wanted to get out into the park and I wanted to have some kind of adventure. And while I physically was able to do that, and I probably could have just kept going and done the whole trail by myself. It wasn't realistic. And I, was not able to see that in the moment and I wasn't my best self up there and <laughs> I certainly uh made that known that I was not my best self. And, you know, by the time you guys had walked ahead of me and by the time I trudged after you and then I got to the truck, I was better. And you know, some people might listen to this and be horrified that we stood up at the in a national park and yelled at each other. We could barely hear each other to begin with because
0: (laughs) 30 mile an hour
1: winds, but but it's the truth. And sometimes, you know, as much as we love being in the parks that, you know, they don't always, it's not always roses and sunshine. And that was not roses and sunshine for that family. Um, And we got in the truck and we turned around and we went back into... Medora
0: and luckily there were a few fun things going on in yeah, that way
1: and maybe we take a little break yes and then we'll come back and this is a great place to pick up about Medora
0: RV miles is sponsored by pelicancoolers.com hey We obviously went down to Medora without our RV and there was nothing better than taking a cooler full of food to a little National Park Gateway community that has really, really expensive food, no grocery stores, one little convenience store. Restaurants that cost you $9 for a kid's meal. A
1: convenience store that was selling a Lunchable that looked like it had been there for a few months for $4. <laughs> so, you know. So
0: luckily in advance, we packed up our Pelican cooler and threw it in the back of the truck. And that thing has been so solid for us. Pelican coolers are made in America. They're bear proof, they're lifetime guaranteed. And if you head over to pelicancoolers.com slash RV miles, You can get a free tumbler with any purchase of a Pelican Cooler. So head over to pelicancoolers.com slash RV Miles to check them out. All right, the town of Medora. So I got to say, first of all, like we have already said, so much of Medora was shut down. For the winter
1: medora was in hibernation
0: um but had just had sort of just gone into shutdown mode yeah
1: i wonder if we had made it there in august like yeah. what we like we were supposed to can you imagine how different the environment yeah. would have been there plus it would have been labor day weekend that place would have been just crazy busy i don't know that it's quite possible we wouldn't have enjoyed ourselves as much. I don't know.
0: But clearly Medora is part of the experience of going to Theodore Roosevelt because.
1: The Medora musical. There's Hello. lots, of, So
0: they have the Medora musical, which is a big outdoor musical that you can go see that they play every summer. At, by the Medora musical, they have this place called Steak Fondue, where you literally take up a giant hunk of steak on a pitchfork and cook it yourself.
1: Yeah. I have to say those were the two (laughs) things we had on our itinerary to do for August. Yeah. But they were close that. Yeah. Obviously they were close. It was October that I do have regret. We didn't get to experience, but Medora itself is just a, a, it's a beautiful little town. I, I love the feel of it. I love the architecture. It's old West. It feels old timey, you know, and even though we didn't really get to experience a lot of it. I do think what we did get to experience was a little bit more of what it's like to be a resident of Medora.
0: Yeah. And luckily they had a little arts and crafts fair uh, they have a few different things going they had on some
1: Halloween stuff that, going that on weekend. And, yeah. So we
0: got to go to a, a, a little local craft fair and I
1: love craft fairs
0: and, and see, you know, people selling their pies and baked goods. And there and was a of woman
1: stuff. selling baked goods that if I had had a hundred dollars on me, I would have <laughs> bought everything she was selling because she just was speaking my language with her pies and her breads and her cookies and her pastries. And I told Jason, if I was to ever do a craft fair, I wouldn't craft anything. I would bake everything because she was so busy. She was going to sell out by the end of that time. Oh, she was like, she was bringing in the cash. She was, yeah, Yeah. she was making it rain over there.
0: (laughs) Uh, But, and then we went to, uh, you know, uh, nearly every restaurant was closed. There were, uh, three restaurants, I think, that were open while we were there. Yes. One of them closed at 2 o'clock every day. And
1: was only open on the weekend.
0: Uh, and the other two were the only ones that were really an option for us.
1: Yeah. So we um, ate at Boots in the Little Missouri Saloon and Dining Room. Yeah. And then the Cowboy Cafe was the other one Jason alluded to. And that one's just a uh, breakfast just and breakfast. lunch.
0: These, the I you know, I'll be honest, the prices are high at these places. It's hard for them to get ingredients and stuff out there. They're a long way from anything. Um, and you do pay a premium for eating at these sort of gateway community restaurants near any national park. Food was decent at both. Um, nothing I mean, to just, write home about. No,
1: I mean, it's just grill fare. Yeah, I mean, it's burgers and chicken strips yeah. and pizzas and salads and Fish and chips, which don't get the fish and chips. If you're in an RV
0: and you're staying at a campground, you will definitely do well to stock up at a Walmart or any other grocery store of your choice well before you get to Medora and eat in your RV as much as possible.
1: Yeah, and we didn't quite have that luxury as much because we were staying at the American, which was a great base camp. Great hotel for exploring Medora and getting to the South unit easily, but it didn't come with, you know, any sort of like kitchenette area. No. You know, so it was really what we could have in the cooler. And that was kind of like it.
0: I mean, and to be clear, there's, there's not even a fast food restaurant here. No. There's there's nothing.
1: If you're looking for a Wendy's, you ain't gonna find one. The closest one would be about, any well, there is a bigger town. I think it's Dixon or Dixon
0: is about it, it was 32 about miles. 32 miles away, and
1: there you're going to find yes. your standard fast foods and like your chain restaurants yeah. and things like that. But in Medora itself, that was all we had. No options. grocery no, store. No, no, just I mean, that little convenience. Just a little store. convenience
0: store, and 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 that's it. So, uh, but we did stay at that American Inn. American. Yeah, come on, get so us straight. American. <laughs> not an american
1: it's a, american it's not an american or an american it's, it's american. american
0: uh, uh it, and we had you know free hotel breakfast there which you know meets one meal a day yeah i know. look
1: the eversons don't stay in a hotel unless we got <laughs> breakfast included like that just ticks off i mean it just really takes care of having me having to feed the kids until like dinner yeah so we There's really not much more to say. I mean, it's a wonderful seasonal town. And in the summer, there's probably a thousand more things going on. But we were not there in season. No. And Saturday was really a little bit of a wash because it was so bitterly cold. And it was just the snow was so brutal. And, you know, I think we just i need some time to acclimate to that and i was not ready for that so we you know kind of chilled out a little bit more on saturday and then sunday we popped back into the visitor center kids finished up their junior ranger books and then we headed home
0: now i will say uh, real quickly that the at the visitor center the museum is very small one of theodore roosevelt's cabins is there you can go see that yes. on the outside but also ch- make sure to check out the the little museum inside because there's a lot of his stuff in there. And one of the coolest things I've ever come across in one of these museums is the undershirt that Theodore Roosevelt was wearing when he was shot in the middle of a speech. If you don't know this story, he at one point he was shot in the middle of giving a speech and he refused medical treatment until he finished his speech. I the, will do this
1: speech <laughs> or die or is something like that. The, the undershirt quote. he
0: was wearing is there and you can see the hole in it.
1: And you can actually see that picture if you would like uh, because Jason shared it over in the Sea America Facebook group, which is a great place to place something like that. And so that is kind of our experience at Theodore Roosevelt National Park and in Medora.
0: All right. Before we get to our Fresh Tank Black Tank segment, we want to remind you about the Sea America and the America's National Parks podcast. This week See America was about the Hollywood sign.
1: There are so many stories about the Hollywood sign.
0: I had was, to cut wow. so much out of wow. writing the Hollywood sign story because there is so much to it, but there what we did what we were able to fit in I, I I'm really it's just a crazy history that that sign has.
1: Yeah, and if you want to talk about Jason's level of dedication to this particular podcast cuz you know I might've green lighted this, but this was really Jason's idea. The day Jason had surgery that night in the hospital, he sat and finished writing and then continued to write the next day. This So episode. feel
0: really guilty. If you don't go listen to it,
1: <laughs> well, however we can get the download, that's how we'll get it. And the America's
0: <laughs> national parks podcast this week is actually two stories from Zion national parks. Audio casts which they put out um that that we were able to use. One of them is about the sounds that Riverstones make and, and it's a really interesting tale of the the geology of Riverstones. And then the other one is about Zion's famous rock squirrels, which are so super cute.
1: Sneaky but little will buggers.
0: Bite your fingers off. <laughs>
1: and we have a bonus episode too this week. We should mention that yes. because Jason sat down a few weeks ago and had a phone conversation with adventurer and author John Waterman. And he was commissioned by National Geographic to write this most amazing book called The Atlas of the National Parks. Yeah, they
0: sent us a copy to check out. This is like the best book on the national parks i ever. I've ever had it, but it's expensive. It's about 65 bucks.
1: It's a great holiday gift yeah. though. It's, it's one of those books that's made, the $65 is made, it's made to be gifted. It's just, it's so beautiful and the writing is just so perfect. The it's photos,
0: re- the maps, everything is, it's, it's a fan. It's not a, it's not a like where to go, what to do mm. guide. It is about the history, the geology, uh, the, the landscape, the animals, all of that. Of it's written by someone who
1: loves the outdoors yeah. and loves the and national And John's a parks. former
0: park ranger as well. He was a rescue ranger. And I think that really shows through in, in the book as yeah. well.
1: He's a really nice guy. And I don't normally gush this much about a book, but this is just one of those that I'm so glad it's out there and that we have this kind of like just, writings about our parks cuz it's just it's so wonderful. I really like it.
0: All right, it is time for our Fresh Tank Black Tank segment where we talk about the good and the bad happening in the world this week. Abby, what is your Black Tank?
1: So my Black Tank this week is a little bit more like a gray tank, like a really really light gray tank, but someone had shared in the America's National Parks Facebook group his pictures and some videos from his trip to, uh, Custer state park. And that Custer state park comes up a lot in our group. Like that's just one of those state parks that, I mean, it's right up there with national park status. Custer's fantastic. And this video he shared, he shared a video and there was also a photo. There was this bison traffic jam. And there are these, this video of this bison that is licking an SUV. Like it's up on the SUV. It's licking it. It's kind of nestling around in it. And I'm not black taking it. Like it's a bad thing. Like the driver was doing anything wrong. And the reason why I'm saying it's more of a gray tank is because I watched that. And my first reaction was like, Oh, cool. But then a split second later, I thought, Oh no. Like if that bison decided that it didn't like what was going on with that SUV.
0: Or it could just turn and just slowly like to scrape its horn along the length. Yes. Of the- <laughs> and
1: <laughs> I looked a little bit more at this video and it looks like the driver, there were more cars up in front. Like everyone had kind of stopped because it's the herd. There's a herd of bison up along the side of the road and they're all stopped and they're looking at it. And, I'm thinking to myself, this is one of those instances where, you know, you talk a lot about these traffic jams where people stop and they have to look at the wildlife. And sometimes I think to myself, maybe we shouldn't stop. Maybe this is one of those moments where I would have been like, let's not stop. These bison are on the road. They're not out in the field. They're on the road. Now, unless we can't safely go past them, obviously. Yeah, they might have to
0: stop because they they can't get by.
1: You know, I can't really say why I put this in the black tank because I don't look at it as a negative. I don't think anyone here did anything negative and it's wildlife and we're in their home. But it just gave me like just I just thought, oh, this has the potential to get really bad really quick. And where do these people go A to stay safe for themselves and also to keep the wildlife safe? How do you get out of that situation?
0: You wait. Do uh, you, you just sit
1: in the car you and look like, at the and you bison. You have good
0: insurance on <laughs> right. your vehicle and that's fine. Well, funny. and
1: then there's another picture in this collection of Now that was an SUV, the other one is a Cadillac. And it there's a bison up there licking around the wheels again.
0: Tasty. Well,
1: you know. What's your
0: know. Uh, what's your fresh tank for the week?
1: So, my fresh tank this week is I'm just going to give a little shout out to someone and my not uh and it is Bear Scat Donuts gets my fresh tank this week. <laughs> yes, for, it is
0: called Bear Scat.
1: Yeah, don't let the it name. It's spelled
0: exactly like it sounds yes. like Bear And apparently Scat.
1: that's what cowboys used to call donuts. Yes. Now, y'all know that this is not a very appetizing name. And in fact, we were in Minot for weeks before we finally went over here because I just refused yeah. to go to a place called Bear Scat. I couldn't <laughs> imagine that it was going to be good. It was I, good. It was so good. They have donuts. So we were, this is why I put them on the fresh tank. Cause you and I were talking a little bit about this. You know, there's this big trend now for like, all kind of real decadent donuts. Like, you know, you can go into Hertz donuts and it's just the most amazing donut spread in there. What I love about Bearscat is they do that, but they do it in a way that's not so completely over the top or that the combinations don't make sense. So they had a pumpkin pie donut that had like a cream cheese frosting yeah. and a pumpkin filling. They had this Elvis donut, which was just off the charts. It was peanut butter frosting, bacon pieces, fudge drizzle and inside the donut was banana cream
0: but they're all they're all very straightforward and yeah. just well done i think i compared it to cupcakes like i'm not a big fan of the gourmet cupcakes with three inches of frosting on top of them
1: oh yeah too much I,
0: you know give me something a little a little bit more balance is Absolutely. what i need
1: they're, i mean they're chocolate frosted they're <laughs> key lime they're long johns they're dirt i mean they're dirt donuts I like anything and everything there i there wasn't a donut that i tried in the three months we had been there that i didn't like and that's saying a lot for me because as the kids and jason know i don't tend to be someone who craves a lot of like really sweet decadent things pretty straightforward and I found myself yesterday really like having to stem off like driving through over to bear scat to get myself a donut while I was out running errands Should have no because (sighs) I'm sure one donut's like 600 calories um so bear scat you can find them in minot bismarck and mandan if you find yourself in north dakota we absolutely recommend them jason what is your black tank this week
0: Well, you know, I think there was a lot of hope that this wouldn't happen again this year, but it's, it's really bad. Again, the California wildfires and
1: I'm speechless considering how much rain California got at the beginning of the year. And
0: this is, this one is specifically benefiting a lot of RVers. Some that we, that we know, and that we've talked to online where they're they're you know, they're doing this thing where they're shutting off power to large Sections of, of different parts of California in order to stop wildfires because what happens is you know the transformers explode and that causes a fire So they cut the power off But what they're also doing lately is they are cutting the power off to cell phone towers so people aren't even getting cell phone signals out in some of these places
1: if I Have a lot of questions about this and you know this is not the time to go into it because we'll be talking for half an hour on this subject, but if you have no way to contact anyone and you're, I guess you're not in a mandatory evacuation zone just yet. But if you're close enough to the fire that they're wanting to cut off your power in order to keep fires from happening. Well,
0: that's the thing. I you're not close to the fire. They're just cutting off the power because they don't want to fight because the conditions are so good. Because they are trying to. Yeah.
1: They're trying. Okay. Fair enough it just makes me a little nervous to cut a commute an entire community off from any sort of contact with the outside world
0: it's scary
1: you know and we've been hearing things that you know our friends have been saying in that area and you know it's there's going to be a lot of
0: arguments about whether they should be doing that or whether they shouldn't yeah Uh, but regardless it's hard for a lot of people right now um,
1: well and those just in impacted by the fire it's so it's overwhelming
0: my fresh tank this week, RV shipments are on the rise for the first time since a year ago, May.
1: Hello, 2020. The
0: RV industry had a, a record year in 2017. And this year, since really May, like I said, May was last year that outpaced the year before it. But the particularly the beginning of this year, a uh, big dip in RV shipments. Now RV shipments are, this is not sales. These are RVs that are ordered by dealers to their lots. So it's not the sort of final sales number, but this September was the first time that there was a year over year increase in RV shipments since uh, like what, 18 months ago or so.
1: But I think we have to remember too, that the numbers have just been ticking, 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 and they had to eventually level off. I mean, they couldn't continue at the growth that was happening. And so,
0: but they didn't level off. They dropped a good 30% like that. And that's scary uh, to a lot of people. But I think part of what happened was, and I've said this before, is that when we had the big, the big downturn with the great recession or whatever you want to call it before the economy sort of kicked back into gear, people weren't buying then at all. Um, you know, we went from the RV industry having a hundred thousand sales in in two thousand nine or so, and to having five hundred thousand in twenty seventeen.
1: Right, but doesn't it seem then like a thirty percent decrease would be leveling off? Somewhere? Well, yeah, I think I, I, mean, I think a lot huge. of people uh,
0: were waiting to buy an RV until they could afford to, until they could get bank approval to get financed. Right. When the economy returned, and and they did, and then there were less new customers because all these people have RVs already. Right. Um,
1: But now that, you know, sort of that wave has gone and come through, and now perhaps we're starting a new wave. It may not be as big.
0: This year's off still a good, I think 20% from last year, but it's also still going to be one of of the top five sale years for RVs of all time.
1: If we continue to try and compare this up against the 2017 numbers, it's just always going to seem like we're dipping.
0: Yeah, there's, there's definitely going to be a little, a little bit of a balance happening. What is a little bit scarier to, to some people, I think, is that there have been huge drops in, in stock prices for companies like Thor and Winnebago and Camping World. You know, the, the, the Shh, sort of the three biggest
1: Don't bring socks. don't say Camping World. You don't want to make everyone's gonna get real angry and start yelling at you. Well, and no. the- <laughs> I'm not gonna talk
0: about Camping World at all. But <laughs> Winnebago Winnebago has sort of recovered. Thor is still a little bit off, but it has recovered some. And uh, Camping World is not recovered at Camping all. Camping
1: World doesn't know what to do with itself. Yeah, no. They're they're so confused well, right now. They
0: spent a ton of money on expanding. Big time. But when then they, they
1: didn't follow through and with they, it And I mean. not only did they,
0: they not follow through with it, the, they're, they're actually cutting back on a lot of it now.
1: Why can't they just and be what their name says they are? Just be a camping world.
0: Well, actually, I found out that they actually have now, they, it took them a long time to acquire it. They finally got the, the trademark to the name RV World. Somebody else owned it. So now they are, they are trying to open up new RV world I stores.
1: No, they have to So stop. they're going to have
0: RV world, camping world and gander.
1: I, It's like every time they, it's like every, every week they walk in and they're like, how can we rename and rebrand ourselves? What's I, something else yes. we haven't thought of. And that will never, ever, ever work. I mean, it doesn't work in the theater industry. It doesn't work in the podcast world. Like you just, you are who you are, be who you are and stop trying to reinvent your wheel because
0: Because nobody knows what to do with you. No one knows where to put you. It's one of the number one rules of business is that it is, it is 10 times cheaper to keep a customer than it is to get a new customer. And when you start to change your name All your customers got to be new because they don't know who you (laughs) are. They don't
1: know who you are. So
0: you spend the money on making your customers happy so they come back and your business will thrive.
1: I think that goes for anything in life. Build your community. Build your village. And then... You don't have to worry about anything else because you've built a community, you've built a village, you've built something that people are invested in and that feel comfortable with and that want to be a part of. And then they're not going to wake up on Tuesday and be like, oh, you were called Camping World. Wait, who are you this week? And what am I supposed to be coming to you for? What am I supposed to be interested in you about?
0: Find what your niche is. Because that niche. leads to riches. It's not because it rhymes with riches. No, that's it, you have to say niche in the saying.
1: No, ra- find your niche. Find out what so your you niche can be rich. is. Because
0: that leads to riches. Do you remember that, whatever, that song? That song that was for the graduating class of nineteen ninety nine or whatever it was that was on the radio over and over and over. And no, because like, I was and already graduating. No, it was just a guy that was saying sayings like that over and over.
1: No. Oh, it was
0: a big thing back then. i want to find I it. Don't. All right. That's a good spot to end this week's episode. But we got to do a new brain teaser yeah, first.
1: Yeah, no, you can't even. <laughs> it's not a good spot. Unless your brain teaser has to do with niche and reach. All
0: right. Invisible energy. Awakened when depressed. Just a few simple touches and I will do the rest. A transformation will take place within my four walls. I'm very effective. I don't take much time at all. I'm a contrivance that's designed for your convenience I can do wonders given the right ingredients what am I
1: camping world
0: if you think you know the answer (laughs) head over to rvmiles.com slash 117 the show notes at the bottom there's going to be a form you can fill in and put the answer or you can head over to rvmiles.com slash brain teaser and enter it there
1: Absolutely. And hey, when we see you guys next week, we are going to be coming to you from a different location. Again. We will be, but we won't. It won't be. A different
0: state this time. It won't
1: be North Dakota. (laughs) It will be from Illinois. It will be from Illinois. We're going home to the motherland. So thank you all. I think I speak for Jason when I say that we cannot thank you enough for sticking with us these last two and a half months, for the light and the love and the support and the prayers that you have sent to us, that you have offered us. They have kept us afloat. They have kept our heads above water and you have helped us see the good in every single day. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Jason's and from Jack, Ethan and Henry's. Until we see you next week, we are logging some RV miles right now and we hope you are too. Find us on social media. We hope to hear from you soon. Bye everybody. Bye.